We are going to the promised land, and we're loaded down with the wealth of Egypt. Life is looking good. That was last week. This week, the Red Sea is in front of us. The waves are lapping at our feet, and Pharaoh's army is breathing down our neck. We're trapped, standing here with our women and children, sitting ducks. The Egyptian army with its 600 chariots is going to mow us down. We don't stand a chance. Life can be like that, can't it? One day, we're singing with Willie Nelson, nothing but blue skies do I see. And the next, the storm clouds are rolling in. Or worse, we are trapped. Like the Israelites at the Red Sea, it appears there's no way out. No way out of this health crisis. No way to fix this relationship that has fallen apart. No way to overcome the pain of loneliness I'm feeling right now. I'm trapped. No way out. But isn't it, isn't it just in those moments when we are trapped, when there appears no way out, that the power of our God is most evident? Isn't it in the darkest of times that the light of his promises shines the brightest? That's certainly the case in Exodus chapter 14. Welcome to the God's Word, Our Great Heritage podcast. When we stopped last time, the people of Israel had just left Egypt, loaded down with Egyptian wealth, their numbers in the millions. God had made his presence and his protection known to them by a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire at night. We pick it up this week at chapter 14. Let's begin with prayer. Lord Jesus, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light for my path. Amen. Verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the Israelites to turn back and encamp near Pi Ha Iroth, between Migdal and the sea. They are to encamp by the sea directly opposite Baal Zephon. Pharaoh will think the Israelites are wandering around in the land in confusion, hemmed in by the desert. And I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them. But I will gain glory for myself through Pharaoh and all his army, and the Egyptians will know that I am the Lord. So the Israelites did this. We're turning back? Some of the Israelites must have wondered, are you kidding me? But there was a method to this seeming chaos. When Pharaoh saw the Israelites Seemingly wandering around, he would think they were lost, trapped, and so decide to come after them. Again, some of the Israelites must have wondered, and we want that? Yes, for God will use Pharaoh's actions to show the nations just who he is. I am the Lord. That is, I am the God who rescues. Verse 5. When the king of Egypt, Pharaoh, was told that the people had fled, Pharaoh and his officials changed their minds about them and said, What have we done? We have let the Israelites go and have lost their services. So he had his chariot made ready and took his army with him. 
He took 600 of the best chariots, along with all the other chariots of Egypt, with officers over all of them. The Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, so that he pursued the Israelites, who were marching out boldly. The Egyptians, all Pharaoh's horses and chariots, horsemen and troops, pursued the Israelites and overtook them as they camped by the sea near Pi-ha-iroth, opposite Baal-zephon. Pharaoh, have you lost your ever-living mind? Have you not learned anything? The frogs, the gnats, the dead livestock, the death of your firstborn? You can't fight God? Why was Pharaoh doing this? Well, keep in mind that God had now hardened Pharaoh's heart so that he stubbornly refused to see. Keep in mind also that Egypt's economy was already in shambles from the plagues. Now, to lose 600,000 slaves would be another devastating blow to that economy. So Pharaoh decides to go after them. The word chariots shows up here several times, and it, it may not mean that much to us. But the use of chariots, wheeled fortresses pulled by swift horses from which archers could shoot, was a recent military development. 600 of Egypt's best chariots, plus all the rest, would make for a quick slaughter of the Israelites as they stood on that open plain by the Red Sea. Egypt, 600 plus chariots. Israel, zero. That's not good odds for the Israelites. How do they respond to the challenge? Well, not well. Not well at all. Verse 10. As Pharaoh approached, the Israelites looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. The Israelites were terrified and cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Moses, Was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us out to the desert to die? Ouch. That's some stinging sarcasm. What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone. Let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than die in the desert. Now, we can't blame the Israelites for for getting a little concerned at this point. Standing there with their wives and their children, with their livestock, with the Red Sea blocking their escape, with 600 of Egypt's best chariots and all the rest, bearing down on them? It looked like it was about to be a bloodbath. They didn't have a chance. But that was exactly the point, wasn't it? There was no way the Israelites could save themselves. But God had already made this evident. He was with them. And he had the power to defeat their enemies. And he had already let them know that this battle was not theirs, it was his. What follows, though, is not a harsh rebuke at their words of unbelief. You see, God knows our frailties. He knows we are weak. We are sinful. No, what follows is a beautiful gospel promise. What our weak and faltering faith needs. These are key verses not just in this chapter, but in the entire book, and verses well worth memorizing. Verse 13, 
Moses answered the people, Do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. The Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And here are those, those verses, or this verse well worth memorizing. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. The Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. That is, you only need to relax. How many times do we only see the danger in front of us and not the God who promises to fight for us? How many times do we think, I can't do this, God, I can't get through this? And then he speaks to us through the promises of his word. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. When you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I am the Lord, your God, your Savior. The next time you are feeling trapped, like there is no way out, no way you can escape, then read again his promises to you. In Psalm 121, or Romans 8, or Psalm 46, where he says, Be still, that is, relax, and know who I am. I am the God who defends you and protects you and will, in the end, rescue you from every trouble. Verse 15. Then the Lord said to Moses, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to move on. Raise your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea to divide the water so that the Israelites can go through the sea on dry ground. I will harden the hearts of Pharaoh and the Egyptians so that they will go in after them. And I will gain glory through Pharaoh and all his army, through his chariots and his horsemen. The Egyptians will know that I am the Lord when I gain glory through Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen. Then the angel of God who had been traveling in front of Israel's army withdrew and went behind them. The pillar of of cloud also moved from in front and stood behind them, coming between the armies of Egypt and Israel. Throughout the night, The cloud brought darkness to one side and light to the other side, so neither went near the other all night long. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind and turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. Cecil B. DeMille's 1956 blockbuster movie, The Ten Commandments, tried to dramatize the event, as have many since. And while the special effects in in Cecil B. DeMille's movie were pretty incredible, especially for 1956, there's no movie, no picture that could ever do justice to the awesomeness of this miracle. Two million people 
with all their luggage, children with them, their livestock, passing through the sea in just one night. The pathway must have been a half mile wide with immense walls of water on each side. In Psalm 77, we read these beautiful words. Your path led through the sea, your way through the mighty waters. Though your footprints were not seen, you led your people like a flock by the hand of Moses and Aaron. Tell the people to move on, God tells Moses. Again, sometimes we see only the difficulties ahead. We feel trapped, paralyzed by our fears. The Lord's words to Joshua hang on a sign outside of my office. Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. That's the sense of God's words to Moses here. Move on. Verse 23. The Egyptians pursued them, and all Pharaoh's horses and chariots and horsemen followed them into the sea. During the last watch of the night, the Lord looked down from the pillar of fire and cloud at the Egyptian army and threw it into confusion. He jammed the wheels of their chariots so that they had difficulty driving. And the Egyptians said, Let's get away from the Israelites. The Lord is fighting for them against Egypt. They have come to that realization a little too late. Verse 26. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea so that the waters may flow back over the Egyptians and their chariots and horsemen. Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and at daybreak, the sea went back to its place. The Egyptians were fleeing toward it, and the Lord swept them into the sea. The water flowed back and covered the chariots and horsemen, the entire army of Pharaoh that had followed the Israelites into the sea. Not one of them survived. But the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. That day, the Lord saved Israel from the hands of the Egyptians. And Israel saw the Egyptians lying dead on the shore. And when the Israelites saw the mighty hand of the Lord displayed against the Egyptians, the people feared the Lord and put their trust in him and in Moses, his servant. When Pharaoh's army tried to pursue, the Lord threw them into confusion. He jammed up the wheels of their mighty chariots. And then when Moses stretched out his hand, the Lord caused the walls of water that had piled up on each side to come crashing down in the Egyptians so that not one of them survived. The Israelites watched the bodies of the Egyptian warriors once looking so fierce as they drew their mighty, drove their mighty chariots with murder in their eyes, saw those Egyptian warriors now floating into the shore, still and lifeless. What has you feeling trapped or afraid? Know this. God has never lost a battle. Not with sin. Not with Satan not with death. Again, this verse is worth memorizing. The Lord will fight for you. You need only be still. What comes next has been called one of the finest examples of Hebrew poetry, as Moses praises God for his great victory. Chapter 15. 
Then Moses and the Israelites sang this song to the Lord. I will sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. The Lord is my strength and my defense. He has become my salvation. He is my God, and I will praise him. My Father's God, and I will exalt him. The Lord is a warrior. The Lord is his name. Pharaoh's chariots and his army he has hurled into the sea. The best of Pharaoh's officers are drowned in the Red Sea. The deep waters have covered them. They sank to the depths like a stone. Your right hand, Lord, was majestic in power. Your right hand, Lord, shattered the enemy. In the greatness of your majesty, you threw down those who opposed you. You unleashed your burning anger. It consumed them like stubble. By the blast of your nostrils, the waters piled up. The surging waters stood up like a wall. The deep waters congealed in the heart of the sea. The enemy boasted, I will pursue, I will overtake them. I will divide the spoils. I will gorge myself on them. I will draw my sword and my hand will destroy them. But you blew with your breath and the sea covered them. They sank like lead in the mighty waters. Who among the gods is like you, Lord? Who is like you, majestic in holiness, awesome in glory, working wonders? You stretch out your right hand, and the earth swallows your enemies. In your unfailing love, you will lead the people you have redeemed. In your strength, you will guide them to your holy dwelling. The nations will hear and tremble. Anguish will grip the people of Philistia. The chiefs of Edom will be terrified. The leaders of Moab will be seized with trembling. The people of Canaan will melt away. Terror and dread will fall on them. By the power of your arm, they will be as still as a stone until your people pass by, Lord, until the people you bought pass by. You will bring them in and plant them on the mountain of your inheritance, the place, Lord, you made for your dwelling the sanctuary, Lord, your hands established. The Lord reigns forever and ever. When God's people gather for worship, it is about proclaiming God's word. But it's not just the sermon or the scripture lessons or the sacraments that proclaim God's word. No. As God's people respond to the gift of salvation, they too proclaim God's word in their singing. Paul writes, Speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. As the congregation responds in liturgy and song, recalling and praising the great and saving deeds of our God, 
They are proclaiming those deeds to others. The purpose of our singing in worship is to proclaim the word of God to the people of God. And we have a great example of that in Moses' song here. With connecting thought patterns, that's the way Hebrew poetry works, with connecting thought patterns and with dramatic imagery, the horse and its rider hurled into the sea, the Lord's right hand shattering the enemy, his anger consuming them like stubble. Yes, with dramatic pictures, Moses praises the Lord for his great deeds. So too, the best of our worship songs point us to the great deeds of our Lord, point us to his cross and his empty tomb. Do you know when this song of Moses is appointed to be read in our churches? On Easter dawn. How fitting is that? On Easter, we gather and we proclaim to each other, the Lord has done great things for us. Moses' song closes with these words, the Lord reigns forever and ever. Those words are repeated in the book of Revelation. And Handel set them to music in his Hallelujah Chorus. And Revelation chapter 22 tells us that in heaven, because of what Jesus has accomplished by his victory over our sin at the cross and his victory over our death made known at his empty tomb, because of what Jesus has done, we will reign. Yes, we will reign forever and ever. Now certainly that is something to sing about. Miriam's song, which follows, may well have been a refrain that was sung between stanzas of Moses' song. Verse 19, when Pharaoh's horses, chariots, and horsemen went into the sea, the Lord brought the waters of the sea back over them, but the Israelites walked through the sea on dry ground. Then Miriam the prophet, Aaron's sister, took a timbrel in her hand. Timbrel was a a small drum, maybe similar to a tambourine today. Aaron's sister took a timbrel in her hand, and all the women followed her with timbrels and dancing. Miriam sang to them, Sing to the Lord, for he is highly exalted. Both horse and driver he has hurled into the sea. Again, I'm going to ask a favor. If you find these podcasts helpful, please share them with a friend. They are available wherever you get podcasts. Again, the title is God's Word. Our Great Heritage. Also, if you would, send me a text, 513-600-9568, or an email, pastor underscore line westra at beautiful-savior.com. Send an email to let me know that you are being blessed through these messages. The peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus.